Welcome back to another episode, and this time we're live from London again with everyone's favorite, Miss Ronnie from London. Whoop, whoop. We're back with another <laughs> Ronnie recap. If you don't know who Veronica is, you can scroll down and find the first time she was on the podcast. TLDR, Veronica is my best friend from high school, sister for life, um, and we're here today to give you some takes. Hot takes, cold, cold takes. takes. Lukewarm takes? Lukewarm takes, all the takes. All the takes. We asked on Instagram for what you guys wanted us to riff on because I feel like that's really what we do best is talk. Yeah, and from like two people who love the sounds of their own voices. I no, love talking. I love talking. I love hearing myself talk. I love having thoughts. I love sharing thoughts. I'm just like, I'm, what did Kelly Jenner say? I'm noticing things. Oh, well, 2016 was the year of realizing stuff. Yeah, and she's her like, and all her friends things. were just realizing things. Yeah. I don't know if I'm realizing things. I'm thinking things. Yeah, I'm I don't always... know. Yeah, I don't know how many things I've realized. I like I like to be a thinker and a and a and a talker and a talker. Just let it all out. So we're gonna dive right into it with that. Um, if you're listening to this on Friday, it's my birthday. I'm gonna record an episode. Twenty five things. Birthday's on Saturday. Oh, Saturday. Well, they're listening to it on around my birthday. <laughs> Um, I was going to do a birthday episode this week, but I'm just going to do it next week because Veronica and I just got really excited about recording. So now we're here. So just to kick things off, we're going to start with a pop culture category. Then we're going to move into another secondary like category. And then we have a tertiary category, which is sort of miscellaneous. Um, and that's how we've decided to structure this. Yeah. And thank you for everyone who submitted things for us to chat about. Yeah, they were really good and we're excited. So just to get things started, because it's topical, we're going to talk about the Ariana Grande alleged divorce at during cancer season as the full new moon is in cancer. Yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about, like, the astrology of it all. But yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think it is, like, at this point, who knows when you guys will be listening to this, what news will have come out in That's the interim. True. But... At the time of recording, everything is still, like, alleged, I guess. Have they made statements? Neither of them have made statements. He doesn't have an Instagram. And I had just read, but I hate this. It's on, It's on like, pages called, like, Ariana Grande Updates. And so, like, for all we know, this person could just be making this up. I did just read that there's, like, allegedly a rumor that he was at a party flirting with a bunch of girls then asked him about his wife, to which he said he didn't know who that was or whatever he said, basically saying that he wasn't married to her and that either mean and this was when they were still together allegedly well um, okay and then he deactivated his instagram when after. was that though let me pull it back because up because apparently according to tmz they separated back in january yeah i so don't they could have been separated point being we don't really know what's going on but i was always team pete davidson and i'm like maybe this is a sign that like and you still are we should have stuck with pete Here's my thing about Pete. I just don't know, like, I don't know if she's, I think she's looking for stable. But she's attracted to not stable. She's attracted yeah. to instability. No, and it's like I always say, girls say they want simple and fine and easy, but they really want drama. Yeah. And if you don't acknowledge that you want drama, you're always going to be, I think, a little unfulfilled. And I think maybe Miss Ariana Grande wants a little more drama. And... I, yeah. I see that. I yeah. see myself in her. In you that see, way. you see her. I mean, she. I resonate with her on a on a cancer woman level, but I think that I kind of I grew exhausted of chasing the drama, mm. and now and this might be like something in regard to Pete. 
I'm so happy in in the stability with my comfortable relationship, but my boyfriend is so, like, goofy and silly and, like, funny and, like, kind of just, like, says things that are, like, out of pocket and goofy and weird, and I feel like that keeps me on my toes a bit. Yeah. So no, maybe drama, that's more what she's looking for. Drama doesn't have to be... Um, toxic. Yeah, toxic or, like, every day the whole house is burning down, but... You know, relationships also don't need to be so simple all the time. Yeah. So who knows what's really going on? I I mean, obviously, we don't even know who Dalton is. Like, he's, you know, yeah. just real estate, I guess. I don't yeah. know. Not, like, a public figure in that way. So who really knows? But she I just looked, am sad for her. Yeah. She looked gorgeous at Wimbledon in her little blonde hair era for Miss Glinda. I know. Like, I hope... Well, now with the strikes and everything, I hope Wicked comes out soon still. I feel like it's not going to. Yeah, it won't. And that's fine. I'll live. But, like, her and Jonathan Bailey, like, I'm so excited. Yeah. No, and it's perfect. I'm just sad for her. I wish her the best, really. No, so do I. So, moving right along, we're going to talk about Threads next, which is Meta's new Twitter-like app. I'm a big fan, but exactly what I thought would happen happened, where... The first, like, so I had early access to it because, you know, I'm cool like that. If you look at my (laughs) profile, I just want to let everybody know. Um, I was actually the, oh my god, they took it away. No fucking way. Oh, your little thread number They took my number. It was 2,706. I was early. And I'd like to note, I didn't open the email giving me early access for 12 hours. So I could have been earlier. Those first 24 hours were wild. Like, everybody was hopping on the bandwagon. It was so fun and exciting. Now, it doesn't feel like that. A lot of people dipped or just stopped posting. And I feel like a lot of it is the content isn't good anymore. I don't know how you feel. I don't know. Um, Miss Mary Stephen, if you're listening to this, I'm stealing this from you. But Mary brought up a really good point that, like, who you are on Instagram is, like, never who you should be on Twitter. You know, like, those are, like, two different, like, aspects of, you know, two different personas of an individual. And so threads is kind of this gray area because you can't be, like, that's your Instagram person. But your Instagram person should never be posting as if they're tweeting. I don't know mm. if I'm just rambling, but if this makes sense to you guys, I think you'll no. you'll get it. Like, I, Instagram's, like, where you look hot and cool, and Twitter's where you're funny. So I think I feel a little differently because I don't really care, like, I definitely want to appear a certain way on Instagram in terms of, like, I want to, like, my hottest and coolest content probably goes there. But at the end of the day, I always just want to seem funny. Yeah, no, it is, like, the paramount concern of Of our lives. Our lives. Definitely, Um, definitely. No one finds us funny, but we move. No, like, nobody finds us funny, but, like, we, I spend most of my day thinking about how I can be funny. Yeah. And also thinking that I am so fucking funny that people just don't get the humor. Oh, well, like, I, like, when I am meeting new people, that's, like, a huge, like... Oh, yeah. No, we turn it on, too. We're so good at it. Well, I'm, like, are they going to think I'm funny? Yeah. Are they going to find me funny? Well, that's, like, even, guys, last night, Eli and I had a bit too much wine and thought we filmed the the funniest TikTok. TikTok. It was... I've never been so embarrassed in my life. So, also, we filmed it five times. Like, I'm not kidding, because, like, we thought it was that good. Well, yeah. It took us a few minutes. We kept trying to, like really get, get it. it and it, it was never gonna be funny it's not even like the amount of filming made it unfunny there it's was also no just hope. like it's it was done one time before in the past probably 
And it was funny then in a different setting. Like, our yeah, setting no, wasn't we funny. Just it just, so like, wasn't. stupid. It wasn't funny. But I literally said to Eli, if you post that on your public TikTok friendship over, because I'm like, people won't think I'm funny anymore. No. I'm like, I'll be sad. They'll think I... Yeah, so I have bad jokes. Essentially, it was a TikTok of Veronica because Veronica had said, which was funny when she said it. No, there was a green, there was like bright, bright green lights in the distance, like in like a building, and they were very obvious, like in the darkness. And we were like on on the balcony, and Veronica said, "Someone called Lord," because of like green light, and it was funny like in the moment. But then we tried to find the TikTok where we like panned over to the green lights and there was like green light was playing but like we couldn't get the right part of the song and it was just a big flop no it was it was flop city and I'm, i was really embarrassed and i didn't want you guys to see it because i want people to think i'm funny no i agree but for every single like non-hilarious thing that i do there's like 10 funny things do you know what i mean <laughs> yeah at least no i'm like 10 times funnier than i am unfunny yes and I just think a lot of people are proving themselves to be really not funny on threads because they're taking a risk and it's not landing. That sounds mean, but like, but the that's, content's bad. But that's what I mean. Like, if you don't already have, it's not even about like being a diff, like, oh, you're hot on Instagram and funny on Twitter. It's not even really that. It's that if you don't already, like the things you post and like the jokes you make and the way you behave is different on those two apps. And if you haven't already identified, like, those two different personas, I feel like people are trying to do funny the way they do it on Instagram, on threads. And it's like, no, you need to be Twitter funny on threads. Yeah. And not Instagram funny. A lot of people are showing that they're not Twitter funny. They're not Twitter funny. And it's, that's okay. It's not for everybody. Like, not everyone can be Harry Hill and Teffy. That's all I'm going to oh say. Oh, my God. Harry Hill. Harry Hill he and Teffy. No, they it. both deserve an Olympic gold medal and a Pulitzer Prize for how funny they are, how Twitter funny they are. Oh, Specifically. Yeah. But they're both funny people, but they have mastered the art of Twitter humor, and I feel like just some people aren't getting that. They're not. And I will say, I know firsthand that Twitter humor doesn't work on Instagram, because when I try to do it, people are like, unfollowed. Like, one time, I'm like, what the fuck? One time I went on a rant about how you shouldn't bring a baby on a plane. Come on. I was not being serious. Come on. It was Twitter humor. I was like, do not bring your fucking baby on this plane, I swear to God. Like, please. Right? I'm going on a rant. It was funny. I thought it was hysterical. It was all, like, words, obviously. And people were like, we need to be kinder to mothers and children. Unfollowed. And I was like, no, this is Twitter humor. But it doesn't land on Instagram. It doesn't always land. And I was like, okay, you guys aren't understand. Like, this has happened to me several times. Actually, I've tried Twitter humor on Instagram, and it, and it hasn't landed. And people have like been like unfollowed for the insensitivity. And I'm like, this was a joke. This was Twitter humor. Yeah. Some people don't understand Twitter humor, and it's showing up on Threads to me. So ultimately, <laughs> do you think it's gonna last? I don't know. I think it's really gonna depend less on like how, like, viable Threads is, and mm-hmm. more so, like, the future of Twitter. Like, if Elon Musk, like, really runs it into the ground, obviously people are just going to move over to Threads. Yeah. I don't think Threads is an actual competitor to Twitter if Twitter is, like, healthy and up and running. I think Twitter yeah. has to fail in order for Threads to soar. I don't think they, like... Yeah. If Twitter's doing well, I don't really see people just, like, moving to Threads anyway. Yeah. Okay, 
Next up, Barbenheimer. Um, and that's the Barbie and Oppenheimer movies coming out on Friday. I just want to say, or like today when you guys are listening to this, I don't really, like, I'm not a movie person. You guys know this about me. If a movie's above two hours, it's going to take me several days to finish. I literally just watched the Titanic for the first time. I can't focus during <laughs> movies. Like, I'm kind of like a 27 dresses Mamma Mia kind of girl. So Barbie is perfect for me. Oppenheimer, on the other hand, I will not be seeing that movie. And to be really honest with you guys, I didn't even, like, look into it until, like, that information was presented to me in a way that I couldn't avoid. And so my personal take on it is, like, I just think it's nice that, like, we're going to get people into movie theaters and support film, and I don't really care about Oppenheimer. But I don't know what you feel. I mean, I have a lot of feelings on a lot of things. Um... I am super happy that so many people are excited about seeing movies in theaters. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like we need to go back to the theaters. I love the movie theater. So I'm happy that so many people are so excited. Um, And I think it's just fun. You know, like, I think it's like, I just like that we all get to, like, do stuff together. You know? like Yeah. It's like the Olympics. I don't know if you guys are, like, big fans of the Olympics, like, the Olympic Games. (laughs) But I love the Olympics because I'm like... We're all doing it together. We're all doing it. We're all in this together. We're all doing it together. And we can all talk about it. Mm -hmm. And even if you're, like, not that invested, you probably still have something to say. And it's the same thing with these two movies. Like, I just feel like everyone's seen something about one of the films or both or whatever. And I just like that we can all have fun together. Because I feel like also so often lately, the only thing that unites the internet is, like, hatred. Yeah, and I want to... Let's have yeah. fun. Also, I will say, like, I feel like five and ten years ago, like, people, two different casts of movies coming out on the same day that are essentially competing for box office numbers and whatnot, they wouldn't be supporting each other, but because of, like, what COVID did to the industry and, like, just, you know, everything going on as a whole, like, the Barbie cast is supporting Oppenheimer and the Oppenheimer cast is supporting Barbie, and it's just, like, very lovely to see everyone be like, kumbaya. Like, holding hands and swaying and being, like, we're all gonna just... Yeah, and, like, let's just all, like, sorry, like, we're in the midst of a cost of living crisis, like, things are bad, and, like, I just want something to be happy about, so I'm having fun, and, like, the one thing I do have to say is this has nothing to really do with these two movies in particular, but trailers these days just give away the whole film, I feel like. You think? I mean, who knows? Like, we'll see it, and maybe there are so many twists and turns that I was not expecting, just given the trailer. Mm. Um, But I really do feel like, in general, trailers are just giving away way too much. And so that's, like, the one criticism, I guess, I have. Because I feel like the Barbie trailer, I've consumed so much Barbie content. So many clips, so many behind-the-scenes interviews, so many different things that I feel like I know so much about the movie already, which I wish I could be a bit more surprised, I think, in the theater. Who knows? Maybe I will be surprised. But I also, like, don't you ever miss the days of, like, the early 2000s, like, movie trailers, like, the 90s movie trailers, where it would be, like, a hero's journey. Yes, yes. Like, those were fucking hysterical. Do you ever see the people on TikTok who recreate those and as, like, humor? No, but obsessed. Mm-hmm. It's just great content. And I I do really think, I agree with you, like, this is just going to be a happy weekend. And I hope everybody goes and sees whatever movie they're, like, excited about. 
I personally couldn't do both, but if you were going to do both, what would your order be? Oppenheimer first. Well, guys, I was going to do both, but it's Eli's birthday, like, that weekend, so what she say, says goes. Well, we so. can do both. It's just, like, what is the like... I also, uh, I don't want to see Oppenheimer and IMAX because it kind of gives me a migraine. Okay, yeah, no. And Christina, Tina, if you're listening, she's like a purist and Nolan like said it needs to be seen in IMAX. So she's going to see it in IMAX. Oh. So I just. Uh, Wait, no, IMAX is so much for me. That I can't. Big migraine. Big migraine. Huge guys. problems for me. But we are seeing Barbie at my favorite movie theater in London. So super stoked but about that. But let's just say you were going to do the order. What one would you see first? Oh, did you not see the tweet? And it was like. Wake up, black coffee, Oppenheimer, Edible. black coffee and a cigarette, Oppenheimer, lunch, bottomless mimosas, 5 p.m. Barbie. Wait, like, no, I saw the one that was like, maybe the coffee and the cigarette and Oppenheimer and then edible Barbie. No, I don't think I could do an edible. Um, oh, really? No, I think I'd be way too sleepy. Okay. I think Barbie- Are we going to go drunk? Like- like, I could have a margarita. Give me one margarita. Wait, are we going to get drunk before? Like, is that our plan? I don't know. It's so stressful because, like, oh, my God, I want to have the silliest, goofiest time at that movie, but I also want to be able to, like, laser focus But and don't you think in. you're going to have to see it twice to really, like, you know? I think, like, there will be bottles of wine at the movie theater that will be purchased by the group. Guys, we're going with, like, ten people. It's like... Are we actually? Oh, my God. We are squatting up. We have a whole row at the theater. Oh my god, wait, that's so fun. We're squatting up at Barbie. I actually have to say one more thing. I am so excited for, like, the happiness and the joy, whatever. It gives me a lot of anxiety when things like this have so much conversation around them because I feel like I'm not able to form my own thoughts separate from the cultural conversation. And when other people are just layering one opinion after another and one joke about it after another, I feel like I get lost in it sometimes. Mm. And I'm not able to break out and be like, what did I really think? And that's why whenever there's a very viral TV show or movie, I wait to see it just because I need to be able to get away from the conversation so I can yeah. have my own thought about it. And so that's what I'm struggling guys, with this. Eli's just actually telling Big Fib right now. What? Eli just doesn't watch TV or movies okay, anyway. I you waited. only watch Glee Shut and Dance Moms. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you only watch Shut Glee and Dance Moms. You're like, I wait until like No, it's I waited down. for Euphoria. Because I couldn't. Like, it was stressing me out. Like, yeah. the Sunday HBO sit-down, everyone's tweeting about it. I was like, I literally can't watch this. I will not even be able to form my that own... guy's from Love Island. No way. Yeah. <gasps> He's cute. Wait, sorry, guys, not to reveal their identity or my location, but We're someone outside. from Love Island just, like, walked outside, like, out of my window. We could see him. Anyway, but, that's anyways. the ADHD talking. Um, yeah, no, I just, like... The cultural conversation sometimes becomes too much for me when I'm trying to decide whether or not I like something. I'm like, do I like it or yeah. did everybody else just love it? Or do I hate it or did everybody else just hate it? Yeah. I don't know, because my favorite activity is, like, having thoughts and opinions. I don't necessarily always, like, <laughs> feel that way. I feel like I'm very, like, in tune with how I'm vibing with something. Yeah. For sure. But I do think, like, I see a lot of movies with friends and I think they... I don't know. I think people tend to actually enjoy movies more when, like, that's the situation when there's so much conversation around it. Oh, you think? Yeah. Like, I saw Spider-Man No Way Home with, like, two of my really good friends. And you saw Spider-Man? The movie? Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh my god, you're so annoying. No, I don't know. I just like I would never think to like pursue that journey. You know, I like like things, like nerdy things. No, yeah. Sorry guys, my laptop just like actually what's going on? Anyway. Yeah, um no, I like Marvel Star Wars, always fun. But anyways, you know, Andrew Garfield and Tommy McGuire were in it, which like people didn't know if they were going to be in it or not. And we left the theater and everybody was like riding such a high because it was so fun and iconic to have these like old characters, characters come back. It. Yeah, for sure. And I was like, yeah, but the movie sucked. Yeah. And no one had that opinion. And now those two friends who I saw that movie with, who loved it at the time, like pretty much like two to three months later, they were like thinking back on it. You were right. And like, I feel like that happens a lot of the time that people like get so hyped up and excited about something that they leave and they're as long as something's fun, you feel like your expectations were met and you're like, oh my God, I loved it. Yeah. And then like, you'll look back and be like, I mean, I had fun. Yeah. But was it good? Maybe not. Maybe not. Okay. Well, that's our take on that. Um, next up, we are going to discuss some Taylor Swift things. Um, the first thing people want us to talk about is the Eras tour. And I don't, like, for me, at least, I don't know how much there is to say. Like, I've seen it twice. Like, I think she's a beast and a powerhouse and, like, truly incredible. The one thing I think is weird, though, is that people are talking about how, like, when your brain gets flooded with serotonin and dopamine, like, at a concert, you, like, black out mentally and, like, can't remember it. And I, like, actually genuinely can't remember either times I went. And it was not due to any substance that I took. It was, like, I just, like, <laughs> actually can't remember. Like, I just, like, can't remember anything happening. But, like, I know it happened. <laughs> But I know it. I was there. I was there. There's the digital evidence. Um, I think, like, she knows how to put on a show. You know, yeah. like, I, guys, love Mr. Harry Styles. Like, this is no tea, no shade. But I think, like, when you look at their tours in comparison, Harry Styles did not really craft a show for a stadium tour. Like, he's doing exactly what he did when he was in arenas. He's doing exactly what he did when he was in theaters. Like, that's, like, no tea, no shade. But, like, he did not necessarily, like, scale up the actual performance to fill a stadium. To be on display for 100,000 people. Like, he didn't necessarily do that. He didn't go there. He didn't go there. And I think Taylor Swift, like, really understands that, like a show like this is such an experience and I think she like has such a good team like choreographers tour planners everything because the stage design you know the the digital stage the the set changes the dancers the costume changes it is such a production and I really do think that a stadium tour almost demands that level of production yeah and I think she has really delivered with that Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think she makes the entire thing worthwhile for what people went through. No, and also the idea of the surprise songs is so fun, and the idea of like not really repeating them, I think, is a really fun thing because also obviously it's not. You can't have a different set list every night with a tour like this. You just cannot. You have sets. You have you know, costume changes, dances to choreograph and practice and memorize and all these things. So you do have to have a pretty similar set list each night. So I think the inclusion of the surprise songs is really fun and fans are having fun with it. So I think she planned a really, really great tour, hopefully. 
I will get to see her in London next summer. We hope and pray. When will she be here? Like, June and also August. Oh, shit. I might be wrong on the dates on that. I have to check the email, like the pre-sale code emails in my phone. I didn't get tickets in the pre-sale. Did get a code, though. You got a code. I got a code. Um, I think think you'll end up going. We hope and pray. We'll see. Um, So now we're going to speak about Speak Now, Taylor's version, and... Listen, like, I have a interesting relationship, I think, to re-records because I want Taylor Swift to own her own music, and I stand by that, and I love that for her and for her fans, and I think it's empowering and powerful. That being said, I think it's complicated as a fan who was really young when those albums came out and got deeply attached to them. So I'm in no way saying that the re-records are worse. They're just different. And I think my brain has a hard time because I went to the Red... I don't know if I went to the Fearless tour, but I 100% was at the Red tour and the 1989 tour and the Speak Now tour. And I just feel like as a child who is especially attached to Speak Now and being that I think everybody kind of commonly agrees that Speak Now is the re-record that sounds the most different, not bad or good, just different, I feel like I have a little bit of trouble like acclimating. But I don't think it's bad. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm so, I, I'm going to listen to those, obviously. I'm so glad she owns her own music. That's what she deserves. I just think it's different, and it's hard for my brain to, like, get adjusted. Yeah. I think I don't really feel any sort of way about it. Speak Now isn't necessarily... I don't think it's one of my top Taylor Swift albums. For me, personally, It's doesn't really have a lot of my favorite songs on there. Yeah, so, same with me. I wasn't, like, not excited about the re-records. I was especially excited because, you know, you know you're getting, like, vault songs and whatever. So that was... I was looking forward to that. And I was looking forward to a new version of Haunted because I do love that song. Um, but... I don't know. There was... I think there was really something about her voice. Like, she had this young and feral energy... In so the original, feral. yeah. That I think she's like matured, matured out of, yeah. Which okay. is good for her on a personal level because being young and feral is not a fun time in anyone's life. No. But it was. I think it brought something different to the music, and so I think I'm. I'm not like disappointed. I actually like like the re-recording, but it is just like different. I think for the first time, it's like the most noticeably different for me. Red didn't really. Also, the Red Vault songs, let's just say, are, like, oh, so fucking so elite. so good. So fucking good. But the Red re-records, I didn't feel like they were so different. Like, I didn't, I don't really notice too much of a difference. And same thing with Fearless. So I think this is the first time that I'm like, oh, this is, like, a re-recording. She recorded this, like, how, 15 years later? Yeah. What? I don't even, sorry, that, that math is not right. It was 2010. So 13. Oh my God. That's why okay, she did so that. I was close. Um, yeah, 13 years later. So I think, yeah, it's the first time I can tell that she's like older and it's different. Um, I mean, I can tell on the other ones, but the first time I like feel like I'm more so actively thinking about it and that just has made it different for me. And then as for the vault songs, I like the beat. We. They're okay for me. I, they just like, none of them like what made any of my playlists, I don't think. Are you looking them up? What I can see you is that what is that what it's called? Yeah, I can see you. Timeless. When Emma falls in love. Electric touch. Okay, castles crumbling, and I can see you. 
I'm fucking with those two. Like, I really like them. Um, also, all the edits people are making of I Can See You to different, like, fictional TV, like, character relationships, especially Suits, if we have any Suits fans <laughs> listening in. Suits. So, like, people have been making a lot of edits of um, Mike and Rachel to I Can See You, and I'm like, wait, these are giving... It's made me absolutely love the song. I also love that it makes me want to, like, line dance in a country bar. Yeah, no, I like I Can See You. I would say that one is giving for me um, a bit. The one that I just don't... Guys, we love Miss Swift in here. Don't get it twisted. Foolish one? No. I actually... No. <laughs> it's the first time I've heard a song of hers and been like, oh, no, this was a big miss. It's the only song I actually think she's ever released where I'm like, I don't know where you were going with this. Even songs of hers that I don't really love, I'm like, okay, I, I see the vibe. I don't want to hold her to an unrealistic standard, but I just think that I see her as such a talent that if she releases anything that's not up to her standard, since everything is up to her standard, I'm like, what is going on? Whereas, like, maybe if another artist released that song, I'd be like, okay. But, like, for her, I'm like, this is really far off of your typical. Like, every other song she's ever yeah. released is, like, miles ahead of that. Yeah, and I think it's also, like, we're so used to Taylor now with, like, the last few albums who's, like... It's so This incredibly advanced. poetic person. Songwriting, moi. Yeah, I've really, like... I think her last, like, five albums are, like, maybe, like... No, I don't know. No, I can't say that. I was going to say they're my five. That's not true at all. But I really, like, love the way she's been writing music the past couple years. So I think it's, like, funny to go back and, like, hear these songs that are new. You know, you don't have this, like, nostalgia to. You don't have any sort of, like, connection to. So you don't just, like, love them because you loved them 13 years ago. You have to decide if you love them now because it's all brand new. And I think it's funny to, like, hear songs that were written 13 years ago, like, now. I don't know if that's yeah. making sense. Especially with, like, the Taylor Swift, like, we know now. Yeah. I'm just like, wait, what? It's just, yeah. So that's our thoughts and feelings. We are going to talk about one of my favorite partners, which is Miss AG1, baby. I've been taking EG1 for like a month now and I've really just been ready to take ownership of my health and make my health a priority, especially with everything that you guys know that I've been going through. And I honestly think I even got my boyfriend hooked on it as well because it's been in our apartment and he's like, wait, my skin is better. My sleep is better. I'm feeling so, so good and energetic. And I'm like, same. I drink AG1 usually in the morning, just like right when I'm making my cup of coffee, right when I'm starting my day, it really gets my day going. It makes me feel so ready to tackle the day. And it also makes me feel like I'm just like serving my body. It's super hard for me to keep up with a supplement routine because I just, I just like run out of the ability to like lay them all out. And I just like don't even know where to start sometimes. And AG1 makes it so much easier. Each scoop is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and whole food sourced ingredients of high quality that give me amazing benefits like mood support, energy support, and healthier looking skin and hair. So if you guys also want to take ownership of your health, just like me, you can try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to drinkag1.com slash Eli. That's drinkag1.com slash E-L-I. Check it out. Love ya. Okay. Next up, the Jennifer Lawrence, like, rebirth renaissance. Mm. Love it. Who's her plastic surgeon? Call that man up. 
No, but also I think she's, she's got, like, gorgeous. She has, like, she's the Anne Hathaway thing that happened where, like, I genuinely don't understand this. I think we've spoken about this on the podcast before where I, like, didn't know. I didn't know that Anne Hathaway had haters. I was a lover since yeah, day one. I had no idea that. And that I felt was the same thing. way about Jen. I knew Jennifer Lawrence had haters. I never understood why. But looking at the both of them, it really seriously begs the question: like, was everyone just mad they were too hot? Yeah. Have you? They're both like. You know who that happens people? to as well. Who? AOC. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, are all of you just mad that she's really hot? Yeah. Is that why everyone here's mad? Yeah, why are you guys mad? Why are you mad? Because she's hot? No, like... But, like... Tell me what Jennifer Lawrence did. And, like, sit me down and tell me what she did. No one could. I think she, like... I think she tried to... I don't even think it was her. I think the media painted her as the relatable one. And relatability is not a real thing ever. And it's a little war on women. Like, no, and, like, you can relate to individuals based on like individual things happening you know what I mean like you and I can relate to each other because we grew up in a similar place and we're kind of similar age and whatever like there are specific things that we can relate to each other about but like a person cannot be like relatable like that doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense as a concept and the second you paint someone as relatable it's the kiss of death because there's obviously aspects of anybody's life that isn't relatable to the general public. And that's what I think happened with her. The media painted her as like queen of relatability. And then people started to get pissed off because they were like. She has Botox or like. Not she, even that. She was like one year she was like the highest paid actress in the world. So I think people are like. Oh, like you say, like you want to eat pizza, but like you're making millions of dollars and being dressed by no, that's ridiculous. luxury designers. That's ridiculous. And, yeah, like, I think it was, like, one of those things where the internet just, like, fed its own cycle of toxicity and, like, she was the unfortunate collateral damage. But I love her. Love her. So much. Always and have. And if you guys have not seen No Hard Feelings yet, oh, my God, please go. I was laughing. I was crying. I nearly peed my pants. The guy sitting next to me in the movie whipped out, like, a whole block of goat cheese and salami and just started eating it. So maybe that contributed to, like, the incredible experience I had. Stop. But it was such a good movie. I love her. I love Andrew Feldman. Is that his name? One of the Jimmys in 2018. Oh, yeah. Andrew Bar Feldman. Yeah. Love him. I didn't know he was in it. That's okay. Oh, my God. He stars, like, he's her co-star. Oh, my God. It is so, 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 so funny. And, like, heartwarming. Oh, such a good movie, guys. Please go see it if you haven't. If anything, just to stare at J-Law in all her beauty. She's perfect. Oh, there's also a scene where it's, like, full frontal nudity. And that, like... That worked for you. It was so good. I was like, you are so hot. Like, she's so She's so sexy. Like, it's actually crazy. No, I'm obsessed. If anyone hates her, I also hate that person. Just wanted to point that out. Just letting you guys know where I'm at with that. Okay. Next up, and I'm so excited about this, even though I'm not even sure I'm going to watch it. I'm just excited about it potentially saving the franchise. The Golden Bachelor. This needed to happen. Okay. I totally agree with you because I'm living in London, much more of like a Love Island girl. Yeah. But obviously, like, shows within the same realm. 
I just feel like these people are getting younger and, and younger, younger. They're and younger. 19. And not that I think like a reality show, like obviously everyone just goes on to become famous. Yeah. But if I want to like find love, if I want to like forget that that's happening and I want to buy into the franchise and be like, people are really here to find love. If yeah. I want to convince myself that that's what's happening. It's hard to do so when they're 18. It's really hard to do when they're like, not even 18. They're like, I'm 23. And a lot of people talk to on these shows. They're like, you know, like I haven't had good luck in the real world. So I thought I'd give it a shot and try here. It's and like, I'm like, what, when have you been in the real world? You've been in the real world for what? Like a day? You're 23 years old. Like, who are you? Stop acting like you've like dated your whole city and nothing yeah. worked out. So this was your like last resort. Yeah. And not that I think the golden bachelor is like the last resort for people, but I do think I'm really, really excited to see a show with people who have like been around the block with dating. I hate when the, there's people on these shows and they're like, I've never had a boyfriend before. So that's like their whole storyline. Yeah. That's the whole drama with them that they don't know how to be a good part. Like I, I don't really, I'm tired of that narrative. Like we've seen it every yeah. season, like, like every show And there's ever. no problem with being inexperienced. I think we're just saying we want oh to see God. experience. In real life also, there's absolutely, absolutely no, no issue with that. But I want to see an entertaining thing and I think it's going to be really more entertaining than what we've been given in the past. Oh yeah. And I think it, I think it'll just be like refreshing to yeah. see like. And wisdom. Yeah. I mean, to be like, can you guys teach me things about love, please? I just, like, also think it's going to be cute. Like, I think we're going to be warmed. No, and also, like, we need to, like, find some, like, friends' moms who we can, like, submit. S- submit. No, like, I think we yeah. know some people who could go on and, and kill it. For sure. So, like, <laughs> I'm thinking things. Wait, also, I'm just really excited to see, like, with hometowns when they bring their kids... And, and when they're talking about, about their kids, that. it's going to be so, so cute. cute. And then we're going to get to meet their kids on the show when we get invested in these people who are, like, our age. Wait, do you think they all... I mean, a lot of them could be, like, forever single people. Yes, I think that it's going to be a mix. It's going to be a mix, But I do yeah. think that there's going to be aspect of certain people are going to have children. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, like, and I just think it's good. Like, I think getting older is probably, I mean, you know... We're in our 20s, so we wouldn't really know. But I think it's probably lonely and scary. And I yeah. think it's probably so nice for people to have this, like, I don't know, vision of seeing that, like, oh, like, things. There are options, like, post. Yes. You know. I'm I'm really excited. So now we're going to get into our second section of the day. Um, oh, okay. So these, we have some other things to talk about that were submitted as kind of pop culture things to discuss. But the fact of the matter is all the things in this category, we actually feel the same about all of them. Yeah. And we realized that when we were going through, we just felt the same about all of them. And we'll give our brief input, but I'll let Veronica introduce the category as a whole. Yeah, basically, these are all things that we are filing under the category... Being cringe is a victimless crime. And that to us just means that there are a lot of things that are cringe that people do or care about that we think are kind of cringy. But who gives a shit? Who gives a fuck? You're not hurting anyone. If you're being cringy or you like cringy things, no one's getting hurt. It's all in good fun. So there's a bunch of things that people wanted our takes on. And that's just our take that... 
We find them a little cringe, but it's a victimless crime. You're not hurting anybody. If you like these things, more power to you. Yeah. Do your thing. Don't let anybody fucking tell you off. And here we go. Number one, just people who degrade or suggest that women are lesser than or stupid because of an interest in pop culture. Well, yeah, it's just, like, that's, like, the antithesis of being cringe is a victimless crime, right? Yeah. Like, being all about pop culture can be a little cringe, I'm sure, but I'm not hurting anyone. Yeah. Let me have my thoughts and opinions and force people to listen to them. I literally hate when people act like they're above you because you watch the Kardashians. Yeah, like, I... Sorry, it's fucking entertaining. Like, I like we him. can't all have only intellectual pursuits. It's not healthy. I... Honestly, if you don't like the Kardashians, like, I don't know if we would get along. Like, yeah, and like, everyone needs fool around time. And for me, that's pop culture. Yeah. Number two, and just like that. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, is it good? No. Is it anywhere near the original? No. Is any reboot ever? No. Name one reboot that isn't cringe. And Sex in the City, even now, sometimes is a little cringe mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Victimless crime. Best TV show, Victimless Crime. Lynn manuel Miranda. Cringe. Victimless. Victimless crime. What did he do? People are like, oh man, look at this selfie he took of himself. I'm like, who the fuck cares? Sorry. Let him live. Do Let him cook. Video? Let him cook. Do you know that video <laughs> of him on the red carpet and they ask him a question and he just starts going, me encanto. Yeah, me yeah, encanto. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was like stuck in my head for probably 18 months. Just left last week, actually. Like, yeah. I like low-key love him. So cringe. He's just a millennial. Is he even a millennial? He's a millennial, right? No, he's not Gen X. I'm saying millennial on Lin Manuel, but he gives millennial. He gives millennial. That's the thing. A lot of the uh, the elder millennials. 1980. So yeah, right? Yeah, or is it 82? Whatever. That you know that gen of people. (laughs) Yeah. Um, a lot of things that they do. 81 and 94. So like. Oh my god, so he's Gen he, X. Well, but, yeah, whatever. but he was on the cusp. He was born in 80. He's a little cuspy. Um, like, their humor and, like, is just cringe to, I think, younger people. And, like, one day our humor will be cringe to our kids and, like, yeah. whatever. Um, but he seems so fucking nice. Yeah. And I loved Moana. Loved Moana. Can't say enough good things. Can't say enough good things. I like fucking everything he does, not gonna lie. Yeah. Anyway. So, cringe, but victimless crime. crime. Next one. Never read any of her books, so personally, I don't know, but Colleen Hoover. Oh, yeah. The books. Um, We're not talking about her. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure she's a very nice lady. Actually, she might... I, I don't know. Is there's she... that tea about her son. Oh, my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. I remember so this. So, there's, like, there's a little bit of... If you guys want the tea, I'm sure it's on the internet somewhere for you to find. We don't know enough to... Yeah, we don't know enough about exactly these allegations, and I don't want to... So this isn't about her, yeah, but her books, um... Cringe. Cringe. But, like, do I like stupid romance books? Yes. Am I judging anyone who reads Colleen Hoover? Absolutely not. Once again, it's a victimless crime. Victimless. Is it, like, high literature? Absolutely not. But, you know what? Do I care? No. No. No, I'm reading for fun. I'm reading to escape my own life. I'm not I'm reading I'm not for, reading yeah. to remind myself of high school English class. Yeah. Period. Period. Okay, next one. I'm going to be honest. Veronica, like, brought this one up to me, and, like, I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm just saying I see where she's coming from. Long live. 
Oh my god. Oh my god, it gets so cancelled. I don't think okay. people can cancel you for thinking a song is cringe. Like yeah. we're not saying like if you like the song, I like the song. It's on my playlist. Like, but I think it's a little cringe. Yeah, if you don't know we're talking about Long Live by Taylor Swift, um, from the Speak Now album. And, and it's okay. I, I don't know how, but I guess I was very unaware that that was like a super mega fan favorite song. Yeah. Um, like just in comparison, I think people talk about even before the red, like Taylor's version came out, people talked about all too well. So, so, so much. Yeah. I don't think there's ever been even like half the chatter about long live that there was and is about all too well. So I was never unaware that it was this, like, massive fan favorite. Apparently it is, and I only found this out because there were so many people just, like, absolutely gutted that she added it to the set list after they had already been to the Eras tour. Um, And I also never assumed it was a fan favorite because it was never a song I personally liked. I like it. Well, like, now that we've been listening to it after speaking about this, it, it, like, it's now a little campy to me, so I think it's funny. Um, I have to say the one part of it that I'm like, I hope one day come bold, I become bold enough to like post on my stories and be like, if you guys have kids one day, tell them about me. You better. Well, I that think part like, I like, I hope that I get there to like, to be like, everyone better tell their children about me. I think a lot of Taylor Swift songs have the same energy as like, do you remember in middle school when you post on Facebook and you'd be like, worst day of my life, don't text. <laughs> <laughs> songs give that like I had the time of my life fighting dragons with you like what dragons babes like really like and I'm not trying to diminish like anything that she went through especially during like that period of her life but like what dragon like like realistically like what's happening what dragons like I'm serious wait also did we fight any I didn't fight any dragons with her like I definitely listened was me being a fan fighting dragons for her or I don't know because I'm now like confused I saw a couple TikToks of people saying they're convinced the song is about Joe Jonas so there's a lot of people who are convinced the song is about Joe Jonas I don't think it's about the fans I think people just think it is yeah the majority thinks it's about the fans that never made sense to me and I don't really understand what it's about and it's such a dramatic song to me yeah no like tell your kids about me the time we stood with our shaking hands like we we're not we. Yeah, I, we're the crowds in the stands. It's Why? It's like, not about us. And I respect it because once again, Speak Now has this like feral, juvenile, like young, yeah, no, I love it, crazy girl I love energy. It. And I think Long Live like really embodies that. But yeah. it is so funny to me. Like, it's such a dramatic song, and I'm like, I would love to sit down with Miss Swift and be like. Can you tell me exactly what situations you wrote this song about? And I'm yeah, like, no, same. were they worthy of these words? Like, yeah. in terms of, like, the no. drama? Probably not, but, like, that's why we love. It's giving my journal in, like, 2016 when I was like, I'll never love again. No, exactly. You know? And, like, she was like... It was the end of a decade, but the start of an age. <laughs> and she was how old? Like, 19 or 20 when she wrote this album? And that's ambitious, and I love that for her. Long live the walls we pass through and how the kingdom lights shine just for me and you. I think all the fans are like, me and you is us. And I'm like, her and us. And I'm like, no, me and you is her and someone, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I think it's about someone. I think it's about a relationship. I don't know. I remember. Or her band. 
like, back in, like, the 1D days, I remember, like, Steal My Girl came out, and everyone was like, they wrote this song for the fans. They didn't. Um, and everybody's evidence was that they have the line, like, couple million in the whole wide world, and they were like, those are, that's the fans. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I think that's, like, a weird pop culture thing I would love to actually do a deep dive on. And yeah. find out how many songs have fans just claimed, like... As their own. As their own. Like, oh, the artist wrote this for us. Probably a lot. The thing is, she's referring to the crowds. Like, if the song was about the fans, she wouldn't be like, tell them how the crowds went wild. Do you know what I mean? Or maybe she's saying, like, uh, like I don't know. I really have no idea what it's about. I don't think, <laughs> <laughs> enough, like, I think we know what it's about. We have no idea what it's no, about. We are literally... Thing. Guys, let we are women be cringe. Balling. Let women be cringe. Let women be no, basic. Let women be cringe. And let women love those things. Overdramatic. Yes. Cringe. Yes. yes. Victimless crime. Yes. Hell yes. Hell fucking yeah. Alexa, play it. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. What's next? Wow. We have no idea what that fucking means. Oh, eating at the Smith. So victimless. And why is it pretty oh my God. good? No. And also like Dos Caminos. Like... Guys, like, if you want to go for dinner at, like, the Basic Bitch Cafe, please do it. Because you know what? Sometimes the food is good and it's a victimless crime. Like, we do not need to be discovering the new underground restaurant every day of the week. Yeah. It is a-okay to go to, to go places to the most that haven't been cool place. in, like, three years. No, yeah. Also, this is my hot take and I'm going to say it and I'm going to stand by it with my whole fucking chest because I do like American Bar. In two years... American Bar is going to be the Smith. Because it is the same fucking food. The food is the same caliber. I'm sorry. Someone had to say it and it's going to be me. The food is the same. And the food at the Smith is good. And the food at American Bar is good. And the hype is the same. And the lines are the same. And it's impossible to get a reservation. And just you fucking wait. Just you fucking wait. It's going to be... Fucking American Bar is going to be the Smith in two years. And I don't even care. I'm going to say it. And the Smith is good. Yeah, I think it's really hard to, like, have, like, longevity of, like, being cool in New York. Like, not people. Like, uh, businesses. Like, everything becomes cringe at one point or another. Yeah. You know, it's because there's always a hot new restaurant on the scene and then things become, like, passe and whatever the hell it is. And then who even decides when something becomes, like, lame? Like, I actually think it's quite cool to go eat at the Smith. You know what I really think it is mm. in New York in particular? Yeah. I think it's like when high schoolers from outside of the city start going to those places. That's when it's like, you, there's no, that's the point of no return. If you and your but girlies. But then why am I scared of the high schoolers? No, but if you and your girlies were like taking like NJ Transit into the city. To go to Jack's Frida. To go to the Smith for dinner. And Jack's Frida. Jack's Frida for lunch the next day. Butcher's Daughter for lunch the next day. Like, those were things that were so cool to the high schoolers. Like, I did that when I was in high school. It was very cool. Yeah. And now, looking back, I'm like, oh, people who were, like, our age, the age we are now, back then, probably were like, oh, no, we can't go there anymore. But like, my it's thing full is, like, of high schoolers. They're good. These restaurants are good. Yeah, no, and that's the point. I like guys. the like, beat. I like the beat. We don't need to always be on the hunt, like... No, we need to calm down. We need to calm down. We need to keep going to the Smith. You're being too loud. <laughs> no, but 
Eat no, dinner at the like, Smith. Eat fucking dinner at the Smith. Instagram Fuck story or mac and cheese if that that's what you want to do. Is, I bet you it's good. It looks dang. It is good. No, and if that's what you want to do, go do it because guess what? No Two one fu- words, ladies. Victimless crime. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Two other words, does it floating rock. Ladies or ladies. I don't know. I don't know who's listening to this. Ladies and ladies. Ladies and ladies. Probably a couple of gents as well. Hello, gents. Hello, ladies. Hello, ladies. Seriously. Go to the Smith. Go to the Smith. Go Tag to us. Just, go when to Dos Caminos. Go to Dos... Wait. First of all, I... N- this is that, so like, me. rainbow ne- pride frozen margarita from Dos Caminos. My ass never figured out that Dos Caminos got lame. Like, I just thought we were on the fucking highway to heaven with that one. Yeah, you love Dos Caminos. I still love it. I eat there all the time. It's fucking good. You're looking for a place to get steak nachos? Dos Caminos. Well, you want a giant fucking taco salad inside of a taco shell? Dos Caminos. And let it be known that, like, I'm pretty aware Dos Caminos is not the most authentic Mexican food. Oh, especially yeah. Especially not in New York City. No. But sometimes you want the American shit. Sometimes you want the Americanized Thank you. bullshit version. Sometimes you want to eat a fucking Caesar salad that you've never found no, in it's Italy It's like once. a mozzarella like, come stick. come on. Yeah. Garlic bread. It's like bread. a mozzarella stick or a garlic knot. Do you think they're serving those in Spicy Sorrento? vodka sauce in no. fucking Puglia? No. But you know where they do have it? Serafina. <laughs> <laughs> We're pulling up. And by the way, PM. please book me a fucking table. Please. Guys, once again. Victimless, victimless crime. crime. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break to talk about one of my favorite partners, which is Mosh. You guys know I've been so busy and wanting to just be a more balanced queen after everything I went through in the spring. And you guys also know that I love my little bevs and I love my snacks. So whether I'm at the gym, on the go, or between meals... Mosh protein bars are the smart snack to keep your brain and body feeling fueled and feeling good. There are six incredible flavors and each Mosh bar includes 12 grams of protein and it's made with ingredients that support brain health, which I love, like ashwagandha, collagen, and omega-3s. And Mosh protein bars, like, I started craving them. Now they're just like a regular part of my snack routine, something I can really easily grab to make sure that I'm just like really fueling my brain and my body throughout my day. Your brain is your number one tool, which is why Mosh protein bars were mindfully formulated by some of the best neuroscientists and functional nutritionists. The taste is actually really amazing too, which is something I feel like you don't get with a lot of protein bars. Like you want those nutritional benefits, but they taste like chalk and this one doesn't. It's so delish. They genuinely taste like cookie dough to me. And they're just a really important part of my snack routine these days, which as you guys know, is very important to me. Don't settle for a mediocre snack when you can nourish both your body and your mind with the fuel it needs to succeed. Whether you're on the go or just living your best life, Mosh Protein Bars will keep you feeling so good. You guys can head to moshlife.com slash miss to save 20% off plus free shipping on your first six-count trial pack. That's 20% off plus free shipping on your first six-count trial pack, which includes all six flavors, which is such a slay. It is M-O-S-H-L-I-F-E dot com slash miss. I love you guys so much. Let me know if you try them. We're going to move on now to... The section that we're calling miscellaneous, which is so just... It's just things that weren't pop culture related that people wanted our takes on. No, but we're going to go in. We're going in. Number so one, Coke in the White House. Wait, is this still recording? Yeah. Okay, Coke in the White House. There was cocaine found in the White House. Yeah. I think this really <laughs> sparks like, like, okay, we're not, like, I'm not CNN. Like, I don't know what to tell you guys about that. Like... Go watch MSNBC. Go watch the news of your choice if you want the real info. I don't know fucking anything. The fake info is they were having a party. Well, okay. It really, like, sparked, like, a larger conversation between Eli and I that I was, like, growing up, 
you literally i don't know if you guys had to do like dare i want an essay competition in dare no way but i really thought cocaine was um i don't i didn't think i was ever gonna i didn't think i was ever gonna know people who did it yeah or see it with my own eyes yeah i also just think like are you like they call it a designer drug and it's like Found in like the nation's capital, where like these are all, all these politicians like, are like super wealthy movers and shakers. Exactly, like, like I'm not surprised at all that the, I think whoever like brought coke into the White House is, is a dumbass. Dumb, is and so needs dumb. to get their shit together. And I'm, I'm maybe surprised that someone at that level of politics isn't like smarter than that. Smarter than that. Actually, I'm really not though. Yeah, but again, I'm not. Like, um, it's really, like, I'm not, I was not that shook by it. And everyone acting like this was, like, the most ridiculous thing in the whole world, I was like... Like, also, like, look inward. Like, they, people stormed our capital. Like, seriously, anything can happen there. Yeah, I think also the way we vilify, like, drugs and drug usage is oh, just, Oh, it's like, so, so problematic and whack and microaggressive and macroaggressive and... Yeah. yeah, and a conversation much larger than our goofy little podcast. Yeah, but, but people wanted us to talk about that, and all we had to say was, like, I don't know, like, who did it? I kind of want to know. Don't do drugs. Stay safe. Stay in school. If but you didn't also, have to do D.A.R.E., you're lucky. <laughs> I won an essay contest, though. They gave me a t-shirt. Everyone got the t-shirt. Veronica, shut the fuck <laughs> up. Let me live. <sighs> okay. Up next. Poppy and Olipop. You guys know how I feel about this shit. Like, I love me a Diet Coke, love me a Coke Zero, love me a Diet Dr. Pepper. I love a soda. There's something about knowing that my soda is, like, doing something productive for my body that I'm like, okay, I'm having my little bevy, and it's also, like, vitamins. Like, I don't know. I fuck with them so hard. I think they taste so good. I have, like, two kind of thoughts. So, if you guys don't know, they don't sell Poppy and Olipop in the UK. So, I have thoughts not on, like, a taste perspective, but more as, like, um about their kind of, like, marketing and prevalence from what I've seen on social media and stuff. And my, like, more negative take is I don't, like, I don't know. I think diet culture, we, like, repackage in a more palatable way every, like, couple years. For sure. And obviously that thing right now is, like, gut health. Yeah, I don't even focus on that. So I am, like, a little wary of when stuff is, like, being pushed in regards to, like, gut health right now. Like, not that gut yeah. health, like, isn't real, but... There's a lot of information about it, and then half of it is fake. There's a lot of information, and also, again, probably conversations that should be happening between you and a doctor and dietitians, not you and some company's marketing team. Um, so that's, like, my more kind of negative thoughts about that. My positive thoughts are I love that they're so fun and girly. Because they're girly. I just like when the girls can girl, you know? The girls are girling with that one. And, like, frankly, the cream soda Olipop is so fucking good. It might be better than, like, yeah. a Boylan's cream soda. And, like, I'm, like, I have never had, like, a tomboy face. Oh, me either. It's been my favorite color my whole life. And I'm so. not saying it's bad if you are. Like, we love our friends who leaned into their masculinity in any way whether or it's a phase or, life or a lifestyle or whatever i just like i love a little girly like a little drink and i'm not saying that you can't have that if you're not a little girly girl but yeah we're just saying also, it is marketed like, for the girlies i also 
am never like I'm not like other girls. I I've always I am actually like been girl. exactly, exactly like every other girl. No, yeah, right on the same page. And so like I love things that are basic, like Starbucks, cold foam, whatever. Like love, absolutely love Taylor Swift, Taylor love Swift, love Harry Styles, Bubble love pink, love love it, Barbie, love um, it. So I like, I want them to come to the UK so I can like taste yeah and i can just like it just seems like a fun activity no it's like a Pouring community I no it, oh my god i love stirring with the straw no, it's like so i just feel like that would you really, really feel really part of a community also yeah with the flavors but isn't it so funny it is like do you remember all the hate like water talk was getting yes i do sometimes feel like poppy and olipop like are just like is that and i guess like talk. the issue with people had with water talk is that they were like calling it water and they were like it's not water and I guess Poppy and Only Pop aren't calling themselves water. Yeah. But it literally feels like those, like, Skittle, like, flavor packets that people were dumping in their Stanley Cups sometimes. No, 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 for sure. If that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Next one, male fashion. Ugh, so much to say. Honestly, it's just I, don't know. I grew up with a dad who dresses so well same so 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 well so well so it was kind of surprising to me to see that men like weren't doing that well I think like actually we need to like write like a film like a coming-of-age story about when like white men from like New England kind of discover that they can wear jeans yeah. Because I think, yeah. like, high school, it was, like, khaki pants forever. Or shorts in in the dead of winter. Shorts in the dead of winter. So weird. And I love when, like, a guy comes home from freshman year of college for In a Christmas, pair of jeans. In a pair of jeans. I'm like, wow. You look hot. The renaissance. But um, that's, like, a whole thing in and of itself. But I don't know. I think so many guys now are taking much more of an interest in their own, like, Personal hygiene style. and self-care and style, which I love to see. But I do think, like, broad spectrum, there is still, like, this idea that, like, caring about how you look is, like, a girly thing. Or shallow. Or shallow, and that men shouldn't do that. And I'm like... No. No. I'm like, come be a little a little girly-girly. No, and also, maybe it's because I read too many, like, romance books, but, like, I'm delusional... And, like, I want to see a man in a three-piece suit because, like, I've been brainwashed by all these authors to think that be- that's, yeah. believe, like, that's, like, the hottest thing ever. And, like, I do believe that. Who knows whether or not, like, that's, that's real, true and authentic. But, like, that is now how I feel. And, like, dress up. Let me see it. I'm I love tired. a well-dressed man. I'm tired of, like, street style. Because I also just don't get it. And I think maybe that's, like, a me problem. But, like, when people are, like, oh, my God, look at the new off-white this or, like, Supreme this. I'm literally, like, it's a t-shirt. Like, I, I don't get it. So. You're just not a part of that. That's not, like, your personal fashion. It's taste. not my personal style. And I actually, like, can't understand the appeal. Yeah. That, uh, maybe that's why I don't like how so many men dress. No, but I think now, I think it's not really that though, as much as it is just like the expectation that women are gonna be so pulled together and look so good and have such like, a grasp on fashion and that men just can like roll out into the world. I just like 
I really do appreciate when a man puts a little time and effort into his appearance. Do you see those TikToks, though, that are, like, it's all these guys, and it's, like, when you stop wearing skinny jeans, and they go from that one aesthetic that's, like, tight jeans and, like, the short sleeve button down. Yeah. No, to, I like, the it. new aesthetic that's, like, flowy trousers, looser short sleeve button down, unbuttoned, maybe with a white t-shirt and, yeah. like, sunglasses. Stuff like that makes me laugh so much because... I love when people post videos like that because it's like, okay, wait, you just went from, like, what was trendy then to what's, what's trendy, trendy now. now. Yeah. Um, and I also think, like, I don't know. There's so much pressure today on TikTok. I feel like people are like, don't follow trends. Like, find your own personal style. Sorry, I just, like, won't ever be doing that. I don't have, like, I don't have the time nor the energy to go around and spend years of my life shopping and buying and trying on and returning and selling no, and like, exchanging. so much. Like, I'm going to wear what, like, people convince me to wear. I'm sorry. Like, it's just... Or just, just, like, whatever I like, I guess. Yeah. I also guess what we're just saying is that, like, it's a little bit easier for men than I think they think it is. It like, is. Like, these men are literally out here acting like... Like, just being a little bit fashionable is, like, genuinely so annoying. And it's, like, just find a guy on Pinterest whose outfit you like and then recreate it. No, but that's what I'm saying about the videos where it's, like, when you stop wearing skinny jeans. Because it's, like, oh, my God, that actually, like, all you had to do was look up what's trendy and buy it. And then buy it. And you look good. You look look really good. You look hot. So, like, men just do that. Men just do that. I agree. Next. Next. Okay. Next one. No show socks. Okay. I was not, like, a no-show-socks them. person. I hate them. They fall, and they slip, and they're so annoying. Okay, I was not into the no-show-socks. So what? I agreed with you. But. But. My old flatmate, one of my besties, Allie, if you're listening, love you. She rocked a no-show-sock all the time. And when I. She rocked it. Like, if ever one of us, like, didn't have socks, like, we'd go and, like, it'd be like, do you have socks? You know, if you haven't, like, done the laundry yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah. you need clean socks. And she always had them. Always had no show socks. And I don't know what it is. I, like, love when, like, the top of my foot gets to breathe. Mm. I love when, like, there's a little more room. Makes me feel like I'm wearing, like, a mini ballet flat within my sneaker. Yeah. There's something about them that I just really love so deeply. Yeah. Um, And I'm a convert. I used to hate, but now I love. You love. Okay. Elopement. My personal take is, like, you do you, but I need attention. Hmm. Like, no, I'm happy for people. Okay, my thing for me is I actually, like, love, like, the idea of a No, I love it, too. And it's because I'm all about the drama, and the thing is... So you're getting subsidiary attention in a way. Yeah, having the wedding, that's drama in and of itself. Just running off and getting married and being, like, surprise bitches, hard launch on the Instagram, we're married now, also drama. More drama, better drama. Honestly, more drama sometimes. So, like, whatever you do, do it as dramatic as possible. Go hard. You only get to do it, like, I mean, I guess however many times you want. Like, if you're going to elope, like, we're running away to Fiji. Like, I want to, like, I want it to be, like, wait, what even happened? Like, who is that? Who is that? Like, I don't tell a single soul. My witness is, like, the taxi driver. Like, I don't know parents, no, no friends, no. I want it to be, like, not so. Yeah. So crazy, so dramatic. And then, like, a wedding can also be just as dramatic. Like, I'm here for anything as long as there's drama. As long as it's bringing the drama. I love Yeah, I'm drama. team elopement if that's... Also, like, realistically, like, I feel like wedding culture has gotten 
like maybe a little out of hand and I'm like ready to contribute to that eventually where it's like what is this really about anymore you know we've lost the plot when you elope the plot is there like you're just over yeah the plot is over and done with yeah it was done it was easy you don't need to drag out and like make your friends and family miserable for 18 months yeah which is like guys oh my god some of the shit you see on tiktok about weddings I don't know it's crazy I'm scared micro weddings same idea I, I'm team micro wedding for sure I'm just like if you want to have a huge wedding with 200 people go for it my parents did that blah 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 blah. I just don't like that many people and I don't want them there so I think micro weddings versus like big weddings whatever like again for me as long as there's drama yeah I want it to be like oh my god she got married no matter what size my wedding is like I want to no yeah want to have fun so I'm like into a micro wedding I also think like like I was just at a wedding one of my friend's older brothers and they were both the first to get married the second in one family and the first in another to get married and so there was a lot of you know family friends and all of this and whatever and it made me think about my own wedding and future wedding I'm not engaged um but it made me think like there's just so many people that I think I'll feel compelled to invite and like why you know you don't need to invite anyone you've ever known to your wedding no and um I don't know like it's made me think like micro weddings it's such a good idea like the day can just be like I don't know so much more intimate yeah and I mean not that you can't have like an intimate vibe with more people but I don't know. There's something to be said about really choosing, being really... Selective um, a little bit. Selective, but also intentional about who you're inviting. Yeah. You know, it's not just anyone you've ever met. It's who do you really think is going to... Want to be there. Want to be there and contribute in a positive way. way. Yeah, meaningful and positive way to, you know... Your day. Your day. So, I'm down with a micro wedding. What about destination weddings? Oh, for me, like, only option is destination. Oh, yeah. For me, it's a for sure thing. Though I was recently speaking with my boyfriend, and he was like, well, certain grandparents aren't going to be able to go abroad. And I was like, Well, sorry, gramps. No, that, I mean, like, low-key, that's how I feel. But, like, I'm going to honor that whoever my future partner's wishes is if it, like, matters so much to him for his grandparents to be there. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm going to. I don't know. I just think it's tough. I would love to get married in Italy. like, the belief that... Like, women plan their weddings their whole lives. Oh, yeah. And men, like, don't. So no. if you're marrying a man and you're a woman, like, I just feel like what you want goes. This is for your, this is for you. It's for you. It's about you. So, like, <laughs> sorry about grandma and grandpa. We can have a very nice brunch with them. If I want to get married in Italy, I want to get married in Italy. Like, yeah, fair enough. I just think it's it becomes tough with those kinds of con- conversations. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. For a lot of people, I would say. And then the other aspect is, like, affordability of, like, can people... I think it just gets complicated. But in the ideal world, like, where every circumstance is great, it's perfect. Yeah. Right? No, I mean, who knows when I start, like... If I did the math on, like, budgets and whatever, who knows what's going to even be possible. Yeah. But in a dream world, I'm like, we are... In Italy. We're in Italy. We're somewhere fun. Yeah. We're getting everyone out of the house. Yeah. Okay. This one's a big one for us. Solid core. Mm. 
it's just too fucking hard. And they're mean. Like, I'm not going to generalize. Not every instructor I've ever gone to is mean. But I really, when I go to a workout class, I'm intentionally focusing on the tonality of the instructors as a whole and how the company teaches their instructors to teach and what kind of energy they bring into a room. And I never feel comfortable there. I never feel like I am proud of myself leaving because I feel like I was made to feel lesser than because I could not do the moves that they were announcing. No, for sure. And I think, like, workouts for me, it's really about just showing up. Like, I just want to go, move my body. Vibe out. Raise the endorphins. Some music. Have a good vibe. Feel good about the rest of my day. I don't, I'm not going to workout classes to attain any certain, like, physical goals in terms of, like, muscle growth or or personal records. Like, I don't want to be, like... I can lift this much or I can do this or whatever. Like that's not really what working out is about for me. So it's really frustrating when you go to a group fitness class and the instructors don't really respect every person's intention, every person's intentions, like push the people who want to be pushed and let the people who just want to vibe vibe. Vibe. I don't want to be yelled at because I'm not pushing myself to the same extent that Joe next to me is. And I hate, I hate when they're like, what did you come in here for? You showed up, you already did that, and they always do that at Solid Core. And I'm like, I literally came in here for the girly girl time. Yeah. I came in here to enjoy myself. I am literally taking every single fucking modification. I cannot do this class. And they're like, okay, zero to 15 classes, use this. 15 to 30 classes, use this, Bungie. I'm like, no, I could take 700 classes. I'm on zero to 15. It is too damn hard. If you, if, it, if you don't feel that way, I'm very happy for you. But for me, it's too damn hard. Yeah. And then they get they get over the mi- microphone saying, why did you come in here today? And I'm like, I came in here to feel good. I, I feel stressed now. Yeah. I feel anxious. Not for me. I also like to feel sweaty when I work out. Um, because I like that release. I don't really know. Like, even like 8, 3.30 or whatever I do on the treadmill, I sweat. feels good. At Solid Core, sometimes I don't sweat. Like, my body's just, like, shaking and vibrating. But I'm not, like, getting sweaty. And I think part of working out that, like, I like is, like, that feeling. Yeah, it's, like, not such, like, intense cardio. Yeah. And I think, like... And that's fine. That's totally fine. But also, like, subconsciously, I have the association with, like... Sweating. Sweating is, like, how I know I worked out. So if I don't leave a place sweaty, I'm like, we... Also, the classes are really, really, really expensive. Yeah, workout classes are just getting more and more and more expensive. But solid cores are, like, in the 40s in New York, I think. Yeah. And, I mean... Let me check. It's crazy that when you look at, like, prices as well, like, most group fitness classes make Equinox seem, like, so reasonable. You're so right. Like, the money... You mean, like, if you go to solid core every single day. Yeah. Not even every day. If you go, like... You know, however many times you would go to the gym in a month. Yeah. They make it seem, like, super reasonable. I also just don't think it's accessible. Like, the first few times I went there, I, I felt bad about myself leaving. And, like, I don't like feeling like that after I exercise. Like, again, I don't want the whole... And, like, they're not doing the, like, burn off the margaritas that you're going to drink. But, like, the tone is there for me. Yeah. I don't know if you agree. I'm just not... A fan. 
a huge fan, so I don't really go. I don't go. I'm a, I'm a big core power yoga girl. Love it there. We'll pay the money. And they have a first month for $100. You can go as much as you want. That's which is like, a great deal. Um, if you guys are London people, I love One Rebel. And I love Soul Cycle here. Okay, yeah, one... Cl- okay. If you buy 10 classes, it's $384. That is Equinox. Equinox, no. Equinox is like under 200 Yeah. For a month. So that's $384 for tw- 10 classes. 10 classes. Like, it's just a lot of money for a not great workout where you feel bad. I mean, for me. Other I mean, people might disagree. Even if it's the best workout, it's just so, so much, much money. money. Yeah. Okay. Next. Not a fan. Boyfriends liking girls' photos, not necessarily bikini photos or model pics, just any girl. So for me, I don't care. Cause like, no, because in actuality, that's such a normal thing. Yeah, whatever. There's like, nothing wrong with that. Unless nothing. it's like a girl that they have history with, but... In this hypothetical... Which just, like, a, a friend or an acquaintance. It's not, like, a problematic girl that's posting. Problematic in terms of your relationship. It's not a m- model. It's not a bikini picture. It's just a regular girl your boyfriend happens to know and has no past or whatever with. Yeah. In reality, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Am I nuts? Yeah. Yeah, she has the little nuts. Yeah. Am I insane? Yeah. Would I probably get mad and lose my mind? Maybe. 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 Does that mean they did anything wrong? Probably not. Is that just one of the glorious perks of being my boyfriend? Yeah. Are you toxic? Am I toxic and nuts? Yeah. Yeah. Guys, you know when, like, you're, like, talking to a guy and you're like, well, he said all of his ex-girlfriends were crazy. If anyone ever refers to me that way, just know. He's right. They were telling the truth. (laughs) nuts and I'm trying to mature so it's different but I don't know if um, like I think certain people I dated in my past okay this no, is, we can be honest it, yeah there's a couple no. people if they said that about you they'd, they'd be, be correct. correct but I was about to say I think that if you're getting really upset at your boyfriend liking a girl's photo or even a girl's bikini photo or dare I say even Emily Ratajkowski I think it's because something in you does not trust that person. So Because true. I trust my boyfriend so much. If he liked a photo of Emily Ratajkowski's breasts on Instagram, I would not care. And I'm not saying that everybody's the same as me. I don't have... I know some people have trust issues. There's so much. It's all nuanced. And this is an umbrella statement. I always have to make that clear. There's gray areas. If it upsets you, it upsets you and your feelings are valid. But for me personally, in the past... Whenever I got worked up over a boyfriend or a guy I was seeing liking a girl's photos or a model's photos, it was because I didn't trust him. And it was because you had reason to worry. At and the end it of was the day. because I had reason to worry because he made me feel worried for other reasons. And then liking the photo was a confirmation of those worries. Yeah. Whereas now I am in such a trusting, loving, happy relationship that if he literally likes, he loves Emily Ratajkowski. I think most men do. No, but follows it, her. He likes the photos. You know like anything, yeah, anything. You wouldn't think like, twice. I wouldn't think twice because we trust each other, and because I've gotten to a place where I'm healed over those other people. But in my past, there were people that if they did that, I would literally have been sobbing in bed. Yeah. Because I knew deep down somewhere that that was like the confirmation of my worries in yeah. a way, or some of them. No, completely. So that's how I think I feel. But also, like, be crazy, girl. Be crazy. 
Okay. No, and also, though, I do want to say some, most of the time, 99% of the time, when men say that about ex-girlfriends, they're just being dicks. They're being assholes. They yeah. just, like, no, wanted we to be cheaters. Facetious. Yeah. And, like, they suck. But, like, once again, if people say it about me, like, <laughs> I probably was nuts. And I embrace it. Yeah. Okay. Next one. Pickleball. Oh, my God. Sweeping the nation. So... I went home for, how long was I home for? Like a month? A month. Yeah, because our flights kept getting yeah, canceled. Yeah, was staying at my mom's in New Jersey, and um, she is all about pickleball. No way. She goes to, like, open court pickleball three times a week. Yeah. Um, she has her little rackets. She wears her little outfits. She loves it. And this was actually very sweet. She was saying to me, not in like a, you know, it's going to sound way more dramatic when I say it, but she was like, you know, you get old and you kind of think your life is like over, not in like a way like, oh my God, I'm going to die. My life is over. But in a way where you just think you're not really going to make new friends. You're not really going to have a lot of new experiences. Like all that is kind of behind you. Yeah. And she was saying that playing has really made her feel like there's, like, a lot to look forward to as she gets older. And, you know, yeah. she's f- found this new community and is meeting new people and is really having so much fun with it. So I think for all those things, so fun and so good. But I do think that it is funny how, like, sports have trends. Like, do you remember yeah. spike ball? Yes. Yes, and all the boys were obsessed with it. You couldn't go anywhere without spike ball happening. Yeah. Unless you were indoors. Even then. Yeah. They were bringing it to school. Like, they were spike balling in the senior parking lot. Yeah. Like... No, they brought it everywhere. They would bring it to parties. I do think it is so funny how, like, different things you wouldn't think is, like, something that has a trend cycle... You know, like fashion and makeup and hair and mm-hmm. whatever, even like yeah, media. Weird, like yeah. we know that trend cycles exist in those spaces, but thinking of like sports having like trends is very very funny. Yeah, and also, do you not remember we played pickleball in high school in high school gym class? We did. We, we did. Oh, we, pickleball was always a thing was in a high thing. school gym. So I people are like, oh, have you heard of pickleball? I'm and like, I'm like, obviously. Well, yeah. Did you not have to play in your public school gymnasium? Because I did. Because I did. For a grade. And I fucking <laughs> failed, by the way. And I was wearing fucking and then, jeans under my sweatpants. Then they decided to mix in meditation, and I said, I fucking love gym class. Yeah, oh yeah, we had meditation. That was so special. Okay. Boy moms. Uh, I personally think I am probably one. No, okay, I think, like, mother of boys is, like, not, not what, we're what we're talking, talking about. about. Like, boy We're, moms, like, TM. It's, like, the moms that would like to sleep with their sons. Yeah, like, emotional incest it's type happening. behavior. I've dated someone like this before. He would, like, he also, like, fed into it, though. Like, it was almost like they wanted to, like, I don't want to, like, call, say that they wanted to do that, but it was it was very, like, romantic and almost sexual in a way. Yeah. And if she ever said or did anything that made me severely uncomfortable and it was justified, it did not matter. She came before me every single fucking day, and I like a man who's close to his mom, but if you if he doesn't see you in equal footing, and he places her on a pedestal because she has, like, kind of enabled that behavior, yeah. I think that that's kind of the problem for me. Like, I mean, fact of the matter is, if you ever meet a mother-son duo, 
duo. And one of the first thoughts that pops into your little head is Freud would have a field day with you two. You run. You run the you other run. direction and get call your Uber. Because you know what? It is like that was exactly my situation. I don't want to say that there's it. no hope, but oh my god. You're in for it. You're is a regular, normal, average person not equipped to deal with unpacking all of that disaster. Yeah, I agree. And that was kind of the thing with my situation. Like, there were a couple times that his parents said and did things that made me really uncomfortable. And I wasn't, there was not space at all to suggest that. Yeah. There was not even the ability, like, I, he would have literally been furious yeah. When it was super either problematic or valid, like, when they were saying and doing things that were just, like, unkind and not okay in general, or directed at me. Yeah, well, I think, I think when I want to get, like, theoretical with it and really think about things, um, obviously misogyny impacts, like, all women. Yeah. But I think your exposure to it happens um, and it feels the most intense the, the younger you are. Okay. And I think when, because, you know, after that point it becomes, it's horrible, but it becomes like normalized that you're not so aware of it anymore because it's just a regular aspect of your daily life. Yeah. That I think mothers who have daughters and raise daughters have to almost experience that again through, through their, their daughter's, daughter's eyes. eyes. Yeah. And so they're um, kind of constantly being forced to be aware of, like, the plight of being a woman in and, like, Western society that. today. Yeah. Revisit that and really kind of remember what that is like. And face it at each stage of adolescence. Exactly. And I think moms who, you know, raise sons don't, go have to go through that for the second time in this like vicarious way and I think that is like a huge part of it that like moms who raise daughters are sympathetic to women who will come into their son's lives but moms who don't have to raise daughters haven't had to build that sympathy Mm. And I don't know if any of that is true or that's just, like, my It's just that also, like, why is there such a problem? Like, you never hear men being, like, the mother-in-law. Unless, like, he just, she just, like, kind of annoys him because she's naggy, which is just misogynistic in general. Yeah. But you never hear that. But then you hear women being, like, generally it's hell. She makes me feel like shit. She bullies me. She's yeah. not nice to me. Like, I hear it all the time. In all my the question time. boxes weekly, like, and I don't know how to answer those things because I don't have experience with it personally, like, having a mother-in-law. And also having one that's a bully, but, like, they're, a lot of them are bullies. Yeah. And I don't want to generalize, but I'm just saying it's a pattern. We see this a lot. There's a reason someone said boy moms. Yeah, and, like, when I look back on, like, my previous relationships, obviously it's not, like, mother-in-law, but for all intents and purposes, we'll say that for, you know, just people you're dating and their parents. Um, you know, there's men that I've dated that have had sisters, and there's men that haven't, and... I almost always felt like the the men who had sisters, those moms, like, they had my back. Yeah. Like, I knew I could be like, your son did this. And yeah. they'd be like, oh, I'm going to kill them. Like, yeah. they would always have my back. Yeah. The mothers of the men who didn't have sisters. It wasn't the same. Only boys. Yeah. No, I was scared. I was scared. Yeah. I was always in the wrong and, like, ugh. It's no, a shame yeah. because I'm like, ugh. 
I don't know. And obviously not every... No, I was going to say, because my situation now is that my boyfriend has three brothers, and, like, his mom is, like, the the example you just gave. Like, if I call her and said, she has my back, she's my girl, like, whenever I visit, we do a just-us day where we, like, go to the spa and get lunch. Like, we're girls. Like, I will text her, call her at any time. We share recommendations. We're always updating each other. Like, we're close and it's lovely. That's what I'm saying. But she's in the minority, I It's not, like, someone who is a mother of boys. Yeah. It's it's not that. it's, It's a different kind of... Person. It is a particular thing, and it is the boy mom TM. The like, boy mom TM. The boy mom copyright in the little circle. Like, yeah. the boy mom ink. Like, it is a specific thing, and if you know what we're talking about, I'm so sorry, because yeah. you had to have experienced it. And but it was hell. It is not good. It is not good. Okay. The Hamptons. Ugh, the Hamptons. The Hamptons. I, I think... Just... This is, if you guys listened to the most recent episode we did together prior to this one, I think my thoughts on the Hamptons currently are very, very similar to my thoughts on kind of the quiet luxury movement. Yeah. And a a refresher, or for anyone who didn't listen to that podcast, we spoke about um, how quiet luxury doesn't really exist, and what does more so exist is coded or... um, hidden luxury and how rich people um only want to signal to other rich people that they're rich they're not necessarily trying to signal to middle and lower class people that they're rich and once middle and lower class people can identify certain things and then actually eventually be able to purchase those things for themselves or have them yeah or have them themselves it's actually no longer desirable by you know ultra wealthy people bag is the, the never full example Cartier love bracelet Gucci belt is a great one and we are seeing that in real time right now happening with the Hamptons um we aren't seeing wealthy people kind of retreat yet but we are seeing it just become more accessible to people it's become much more accessible and I think but from it's still like, not accessible don't get us yeah. wrong this is not something that's accessible but we're just saying it's becoming more yeah and I think from an anthropology like standpoint it's <sighs> gonna be really interesting to see people depart people depart the Hamptons really used to be a place that was exclusively for um locals you know townies people who live there year round yeah and then ultra wealthy people from kind of New York general area the tri-state area and now Montauk, you're seeing people do weekends, and it's... Share houses. You know, share houses. It's expensive, but it's not crazy. And I'm so interested to see... Where it goes. Where that goes. And if the Hamptons, 50 years from now, will be like, oh no, we're not going to the Hamptons. Yeah, that's a curious thought. I think for me, it's also gotten competitive. I think TikTok does this with a lot of places, unfortunately. Where I don't want to say it feels like a content farm, because that feels wrong, because I have been there and enjoyed my times there. But ultimately, I feel like if you're not at the right, it just feels competitive. It almost gives me anxiety, like I can't experience the moment or go where I want to go, because people are competing to prove something. Well, the other thing is it's so busy that you're, like, forced into making reservations. Otherwise, like, you can't go out for dinner. Like, you know, you can't go for drinks unless you, like, have, like, a planned weekend because it gets so, so busy that 
you know, like you're almost because you're forced into planning, you're almost like more forced into competing. Yeah. Cause it's not like you can do the casual, let's just stroll in wherever and we don't really care. And it's, yeah. we'll just vibe. You're forced into doing like, I don't know, the more like intense version of it. Yeah. I don't, it's just very, very interesting to me. Yeah. You know, like even when you look like five, six years ago, when were we in Montauk at the same time all those years ago? That was like 2016, summer 2016. Summer 2016, maybe 17. Yeah. Five years ago now. We, Eli and I both happened to be in Montauk with our families respectively, but um, we went to the Crow's Nest and they had just opened. Yeah, no, that's and it was like a brand new place, and everyone was like, "Oh, I guess Montauk is like, whatever." Yeah, you know, like trying to be trendy again. Yeah, and now it's like nuts. Everyone I know every weekend is there, seeing it through Instagram stories. So it's just really, even in five years alone, changed so 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 much that I'm really curious to see how, like, things will change, like, 25, 50 years from now. And it's just, like, the trend cycle, though. People just get, like, tired of, like, you know what I mean? It's the trend cycle mixed with capitalism. Yeah. And kind of the way we define ourselves by our socioeconomic status. Yeah. You know, people always want to be moving on up in terms of People want to be in the least touchable places. Yeah. In the least discovered. And so, like, the Hamptons... And you'll hear people say things like, oh, well, it's just too busy out there. It's just too busy out there these days. So now we, um, we're summering in the Seychelles instead. I or made like, that up. But like, we're in Nantucket. Well, yeah, Nantucket, because it's an island, <laughs> less. But it's, it's a similar thing. I, you know, I wonder mm-hmm. if there will be a new hot spot in 10 years that yeah. all these people are buying homes in and whatever. And then a hundred years from now, that cycle will happen to that place. It's, it's wild. It's capitalism is very predictable. Anyway. And with that, and with that <laughs> stay cringe. No guys, if there's one thing, if there's one, one thing, thing that you learned today, you learned today. It's that being cringe is a victimless, victimless crime. crime. Literally live your truth. Be your, be crazy. Be basic as hell. Do cringe things. Post your TikTok videos. Make a YouTube channel. Do a haul. Call your mom. Go Play to pickleball with her. Yeah. Like she wants to hear from you. No, your mom does want to hear from you. She did. Go tell to me. fucking Sarah Beth's and have brunch. Go to Sarah Beth's. Go to Sarah fucking Beth's and have brunch I'm sorry, in New York. But like, even like all the people being like, Carbone is so overrated. So. So. Wait. Also, shut up. Just Shut say up. you can't get a reservation. I've never fucking been there. Shut oh, up. We can go. But it's 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 not even about it. It's like you, it's like the people who tried to get a reservation for so long finally did. Yeah. Now want to be like, I'm over it. I'm better than that. Shut I don't up. care. Shut go for bone. Have fun. Yeah, fuck it up. We need to have more fun. If Barbie and Oppenheimer, if Oppenheimer has taught us anything. Have more fun. We need to have more fun. Should and we wear more fun? pink. Let's go have fun. Okay. Happy Friday. Love you guys. Thanks so much for listening. And I will see you next week. Bye.